Welcome to another episode of the Head of Nations podcast. I'm your host, Brian. I'm Ben. This is episode number four, Submission. So before we get into the episode today, Ben, I just wanted to talk about the things maybe we've been working on in the past week or so to be the head of our nations and build our nations up. So what has been going on in your life that you've been trying to improve? It's been helping my son deal with his anger. That's been the most pressing um, objective. And he is outbursts whenever things don't go his way or when he feels like he's, you know, when if I'm maybe too hard on him or in, in, in instructing him in, in a way that he doesn't necessarily appreciate. Mm. Um, and there is, you know, there's learning for me there. But uh, but that's been the thing that I've been facing, especially this weekend with the, with the beginning of baseball season and he's knocking the rust off and I'm expecting him to perform at a higher level and he's not and there's... Well, there's all of that, yeah. Okay, well, that sounds like fun to navigate. Um, you know, honestly, though, some of those things that on my side, if I were dealing with would be a frustration, I'm going to look at you and be like, hey, that's an opportunity for you to become more sanctified and for mm-hmm. you to grow and for you to model living through adversity and persevering through that. But mm-hmm. on my side, I might not look at it that way either. <laughs> Yeah, so this week I've been building my nation more physically. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I talked about the when we got chicks. Did I talk mm-hmm. about when we got the chicks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been dealing with our property and our homestead with the addition of extra chickens and you know teaching the kids. They already know how to deal with animals, but sometimes they don't deal with them maybe the way that animals want to be dealt with. So when you have, you know, a 2 ounce baby bird and a you know 8-year-old child, they don't always play well together. The child's trying to love it, you know, but the animal doesn't always like it. So just trying to raise those chicks up to be healthy chickens that are productive and will benefit us, but also trying to instruct on here's why we treat animals well. And if it doesn't want to be held, it's time to put it down because we're caretakers, we're stewards of God's creation. So navigating that, I've been working on building my nation that way. So that's what I've been up to. Mm All right, well, after that, why don't we go ahead and get into the verse of the week? And the verse of the week this week is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. So I'm going to go ahead and flip there in my Bible. That's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is savior. So there is no shortage of Bible passages on the topic of submission. And a lot of times as husbands, we look at the wife submitting and verses about the wife submitting. And I do want to talk about that at some point today, but this is really an example of holistic submission as I like to look at it. So I wanted to see what your thoughts were. Yeah. Um, on the verse or on the concept of submission? Okay, I mean, so the verse first, <clears throat> just w- what the verse has to say about submission maybe, and then we're going to delve a little more deeply specifically into the topic of submission here in the next few minutes. Yeah, I do. Th- I think that this is an interesting verse um, because submission submission is not like a a super exciting thing for like, you know, for anybody in like the modern or postmodern world 
especially in this in this context where he starts talking about wives and husbands, it is not something that, you know, that anybody's very excited to talk about men today or women today. <laughs> so it's like, uh, so my thoughts on this, um, you know, uh, on, on wives submitting to husband and, you know, uh, and then the, the, the idea of submitting it to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I think, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but it was just um, thinking about submission um, as a way to avoid, uh, you know, petty arguments in, in uh, between brothers, and then shifting it to wives' submission, almost like Paul's like thinking, you know, okay, so while we're talking about submission, let's talk about headship, you know, in the church, but also headship in the home, and 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 then you know, obviously, wives are going to be a big part of that because they show submission to the husband as the church submits to. The bridegroom Christ. So, I mean, it should, we should be kind of following this hierarchical structure, I think, for, for, for really good and beautiful family life, right? At least mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking right now. But Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to touch on this really briefly and not to get too far afield here, but I think it's important to recognize the fact that the wife is teaching the family how to submit. Mm-hmm. Like the children, if, if there are children involved, they are learning by her example of how to submit because children are supposed to submit to the parents, right? They're supposed to honor their father and mother and obey them. Hmm. So we see that example being mirrored to the children, but also really you know, the church, we're called to submit to Christ. And as individuals also, we're called to submit ourselves to the will of the father. And we can see that example in the way that wives are supposed to submit. So I don't want to get too deep into that because hmm. I want to touch on that toward the end of the episode but I just I think it's a really intriguing passage, and in a few episodes, I think in three more, we have uh, a marriage episode or a, mm. a, an episode on leading your wife, where I think we'll delve into this a little bit more deeply. All right, so why don't we go ahead and get into the topic this week, which is submission, and we as men want the people under us to submit to us. I think that's a pretty common desire that those who are under our authority, we want them to submit to that authority. But this really isn't always an easy task. I look at Moses, and Moses was instructed directly by God, and the number of times he struggled to achieve submission where the Israelites just rebelled against him, it's astounding to me. The more I read through Exodus and just that narrative where even seeing God work through Moses with things like parting the Red Sea, and and not just that, but if you read the whole story and destroying the entire Egyptian military, right? God let Moses be his instrument for that. Even after that, the people of Israel still struggled to submit. So it's not an easy task to achieve submission for those who are under us. If Moses, one of the most teachable men, the Bible tells us he's the most humble man in the mm, world, he learned from God. Right. Yeah, uh, if, if he has trouble doing that, achieving submission, I think we're all going to. But before we get too far into that, I want to look at submission in a bit more of a broad way. So we as men naturally submit to competence. That's what I'm convinced of. And maybe you can weigh in on that in a minute. But I want to give you one example, but I think there's no shortage of examples. But at jujitsu, when I take jujitsu, we have jujitsu coaches, and they wear an outward sign of their competence. It's a belt. And the color of one's belt is an outward sign of one's competence. And, you know, when the black belt comes in to teach class, 
and he says, line up, guys. Do you know what everyone does? Lines up. Yes, everyone, <laughs> everyone lines up, right? There's no rebellion. There are people like, oh, man, I've got to line up. Who does this guy think he is, right? Literally, he says, let's line up, guys. Room gets silent. Everyone lines up. And no one challenges him when he speaks on a topic. No one's like, hey, I think you're wrong on this because he has the most experience and therefore he's most likely the most competent man in the room on this topic. And even if it's not a black belt, like I see this right now uh, with me sometimes where uh, a lower belt will come to me and ask me a question and they accept what I say as authoritative. And, you know, I'm just a blue belt right now, but like, they're like, well, I'm a white belt. So you, clearly, you know more than me and I'll listen to you. And they don't say, oh, well, I think you're wrong. I, I've never had that happen. They look to me as a sign of competence and they submit to what I have to say on the topic. And more so with someone even more authoritative, like a black belt. And so think about this in a room full of aggressive type A testosterone filled guys that generally don't like to submit to anybody right? When the instructor says, hey, everybody bring it in, we all listen and we do it, right? There's no defiance. There's complete submission. So I, I just wanted to get your take on that before I delve more into the spiritual examples and in other examples like in marriage. It is interesting. I mean, because I think there are other things, other, there's other things than competence, in, I think, that are pictured here. You know, you have you have a desire to to you know to learn something. You, so there is like a desire, a willingness. You know, like mm -hmm. in but, but in the student. Yeah. To whom do you go to learn something, though? Right. But that's the thing. I think that it kind of you're almost kind of like you're presupposing a a desire. You know what I mean? Okay, I get. Does that you. make sense? Yeah. So you you have a I'm desire part to of learn. the learner. Okay. Right. So uh -huh. I mean, like, so I I desire to learn what, but I and I'll acknowledge his mastery. So in my desire, which comes first, I'm going to put myself under their teaching. I'll submit to their teaching. But if I don't have that desire first, then, I'm, then I'm, I might not. Mm -hmm. so, so you're saying that you'll submit to competence when you have a desire to learn what a competent person yeah, yeah, has yeah. to teach. Okay. And I think I could agree with that. And we might be able to talk about where people aren't as likely to be submissive, like maybe in a prison, for example, where yeah. they don't want to be imprisoned and they don't want to listen to the guards. Interesting. So yeah. desire, you're saying desire seeks competence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I think that's what I'm saying, Brian. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can get behind that. And that might help elucidate some challenges with achieving submission when people maybe aren't wanting to yeah. hear what you have to say and aren't right. wanting to do what you would have them to do. Okay. Well, because I see, I see a lot of that in my students, you know, that's where I see it most or, you know, or in children who are just like you, who are learning submission. But, you know, the, the question is why, you know, do I really want to, to, under, to know um, what this person is saying or to understand it fully, you know, like, mm -hmm. so I think there's, there, there's this both kind of thing. There's this like willingness to be shaped and guided and led that comes before the submission to the teaching. So let me hit you up with something here, because this is, I actually had this note that I, I skipped over, which was that the students at jujitsu, if they don't submit to the instructor, the instructor could literally submit them. And like when we- By force. By force, okay, so yeah, like when, we, when we're in jujitsu, 
uh, and then I'll get off the jujitsu rant here. <laughs> but a submission is when you force someone against their will into a position that you want them to be in. And you make it so uncomfortable that they submit to you. They, they tap, they double tap or they say tap and they're submitting to your dominance. So that would be a forceful submission where they don't want to do it. They're doing everything they can to stop it. But at the end of the day, you have the mastery and they submit to you. So in the scenario where maybe there's an unwilling learner, mm-hmm. the jujitsu instructor could literally like force them to submit. Now, mm. I'm not saying we should be going here in all of our other examples, but there it, there can be an unwilling portion and there can be forceful submission. But I think that's you know generally the exception rather than the rule. Like we see that with police and criminals, with military and hostile countries, where we use force to make them submit, even though they're an unwilling party. But I don't know what to do with that in the context of this conversation. Yeah, sorry, Brian. No, this is is great. Um, But I will say that it's all under submission, but um, biblically, we want to come to submission or have people come to submission under our authority if we lead them through means of persuasion and addressing the heart issues behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I do think like there's no growth without like s- submission in that mm-hmm. way. Like, and, and I think, you know, it's been said by a lot of people like like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but like there's no freedom without discipline, you know, and putting yourself under you know, um, like restrictions, you know, um, so that you're not just, you know, leading yourself, basically. I think leading, leading the self, I think is going to get you, you know, nowhere, um, in regards to like where, where you want to be. I think submission will, will do just that. You, you see someone who is competent, you see someone who's strong and you desire to be like that person. So submitting to that person will obviously make you into someone like that person. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep pulling on this thread a little bit here. So follow me. We as men want people who are under our authority to submit willingly to us generally, right? So like our wife, our kids, subordinates, whoever else may be under our authority. So how do we go about accomplishing this then to to get them to submit willingly? So I want to take a look first at our wives. So if you're married, so Ben, you're married, I'm married. Uh, Listener, if you are married... This may be a major issue for you. It may be something that you've accomplished well. It may be something that you are currently struggling with, or it may be something that you've struggled with in the past. But you submit to competent people that you respect, right? That's how I work in life. I submit to competent people that I respect. And if I don't respect someone and I don't believe they're competent, I'm going to have a really hard time submitting to them. I don't know about you, Ben. Is that the case for you? I, I think, yeah. Um, sorry, but I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking of a couple of things at the same time. So you got me mid-thought. I was thinking about, um, because you said something about um, submission to husband. And, and I thought like, well, I, I don't, uh, but I won't yeah. go there right now. Yeah. So your, your initial, your, your second question. Okay. So we were kind of talking about this and you had to, a point you wanted to make on whether or not you find it difficult to submit to people that you don't find competent and that you don't respect. So do you more readily submit to someone that you respect and think is competent or to someone who you think is incompetent and you don't respect? Yeah, the the first, I'd rather submit to the, the competent one. If I don't 
find them competent, it's going to be hard for me to respect them in their field or whatever I'm trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if I respect them as a, as a human, you know, as a, as a human being, I'm not going to, it's, it's going to be like, I'm not, well, I'm not going to respect them as an authority on whatever they're trying to, to teach or, or impart onto the group. Does that make sense? I can yeah, respect can, them as can, an individual, but. Can you? As like, a human? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, yeah, because they're an image bearer of God. So I have like, I have a respect for them as a, as a human being. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm no, I understand. I think I understand what you're saying now. So uh, that they have inherent value. Now I'm yes. not going to look to them to, I'm not going to submit to their teaching probably because, yes, because they haven't demonstrated any, you know, real competence. Right? Okay. Yeah. So just yes. what you're saying, yeah, I was just, I was making sure I understood what you said uh, when you said that you respect them yeah, as a human yeah. being. Yeah. Because I, I, I could like to me, seeing them as made in the image of God and respecting someone are two different things to me, but I, I get what you're saying. So. Maybe I'm, yeah, maybe I'm having trouble with the definition of respect. Maybe that's like my, that's my shortcoming. Maybe we should listen to the song. R-E-S-P-C-T. There we go. Mm. All right, so um, let's get back on track here. So if we have trouble submitting to someone that we don't see as competent and that we don't respect, why would we think it would be any different for a wife? Wives are going to have trouble submitting to a husband that they don't respect and that they don't see as competent. And to me, you know, it, it took a long time for me to understand this because I bought into the whole Hallmark concept of unconditional love, which I think exists in God. But I think the rest of us, we're all flawed and we're all human. And I think that wives, despite what Hallmark will tell us, wives are going to have trouble submitting to a husband that they don't respect. So what are going to be some things that are going to be able to be detractors and keep your wife from submitting to you? So I made a list here and maybe you can add some when I'm done with the list, but here are some things that I thought of that are going to make it hard for a wife to submit to a husband. One, don't keep your word, right? If you're a husband who doesn't keep your word, like I'm going to take the trash out. You don't take the trash out. I'm going to take the recyclables down. You don't do it. I'll take the kid to practice. You don't do it. That's going to instantly be a red flag where like, why should she listen to you on other things if you can't keep your word on simple things? If you complain about how hard work or life is, if what she hears from you is, I can't handle these things, but then you expect her to submit to you when you say, I'm leading in this direction. And she's like, well, can I trust you to do that? Because you seem like you're having a hard time just living. Are you lazy? So that one, I think, is self-explanatory, but if she sees you struggle to do anything, it's going to be difficult for her to get behind your authority when you say, I'm going to take us in this direction, because her thought is going to be, are you really going to do it, or are you just saying you're going to do it? You let yourself go. If you let yourself go and you show you don't really care about yourself or respect yourself, why would she respect you? And if you're irresponsible... So whether it's letting things fall off your radar or maybe just living in a way that society would describe as irresponsible, maybe drinking too much, drinking and driving, you know, doing things that we would say biblically you shouldn't be doing, but you know, doing drugs or other things like that, that she would look at as not responsible, spending far too much money that maybe the family needs. So these things are going to make it hard for your wife to respect you. Therefore, they're going to make it hard for her to submit to you. So I want to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, like all of those things together, I think, make a 
godly man. Like at least that's how I, I understand when I understand the va- the values of um, of God that I see in His Word. I mean, you know, when I when you when you describe a man who is you know who's who's honest and truthful, who is you know, responsible, um, who's going to die to himself, give up himself for the others, you know, and the family to you know to be for the the good of the family, um, to bless the family, um, and what he says and does. I mean, th- these are all very much godly principles, and I think what you know what is described in Scripture for us. And I think that, you know, we can even look at it like this, that like, you know, you have very specific things there. And I, I feel like a lot of that could be kind of almost summarized in, you know, in love, like love your wife. Uh, I mean, like, and so when you, if you love your wife, you're going to be looking out for her as as you're looking out for your own body, right? I mean, like, so so that she, you're going to be someone that she looks to for for all of that, for, you know, for, yes, for affection, but also for security, for provision, for, I mean, for everything that, that she's, that she needs, you know, and, and um, as the church or we, you know, look to Christ, you know, for all we need, you know, it's, so it, it is this, um, it's interesting, because I, I like your, your examples, and I'm a bit more, you know, I'm like kind of, you have very precise things, and I'm more broad, but but I think that's good and helpful. I'd call it esoteric. Oh, Give it a good word. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, but I do want to make a point, too, because you make some good points on the biblical nature of this, that I, I do want to say this doesn't absolve the wife of her mm-hmm. biblical responsibility to submit to her husband. But I'm a realist here. We're all fallen. We're all supposed to wholly submit to Christ. We all fail at that. So your wife is supposed to wholly submit to you, husband, but she's going to fail at that because she's fallen. And these are ways where we can help this process. So it doesn't absolve anyone of any responsibility, but these are practical reasons why. So now let's look at things you can do to help your wife submit to you. Let's flip the script. Keep your word. If you say you're going to do something, do it. That builds trust. Being consistent. So if you're saying you're going to do something and you're going to continue to do it, like I'm going to run three days a week and then you run one day a week and you never run anymore after the first week, she's going to have some doubts as to whether or not you're going to carry through on everything else. But if you're consistent, if she sees that consistency and you come to her and say, I think God's leading us in this direction, you keep your word, you show consistency, she's going to have a whole lot more trust and be a whole lot more ready to submit to you. Being confident, you know, this is a, this was a life change moment for me having a can-do attitude. I remember very distinctly where, this is going to sound crazy, but this was a life change in my life. Like I've never been the same since. I was shoveling my driveway. All right, like hand shoveling my driveway. We had like eight inches of snow. My driveway is like 300 feet long and I have like a 14 by 20 foot turnaround. And I had shoveled the driveway and I was shoveling the turnaround. And I was like, I'm done. In my mind, I was thinking I'm done. Right. And I was like, I do not want to do this anymore. I just want to go inside. You know, when your hands start to tingle because like they're getting cold. Well, my mm. hands are starting to tingle and I'm like, I'm done. Well, I had just watched like the week before the Buds 234 Navy SEAL documentary. And I was like, how can I not finish shoveling my driveway when like these men go without sleep for a week? They barely eat. They're running all day long. They're swimming all night long. Like, if these men can do this, surely I can finish shoveling the turnaround. And I did. I just a little bit of time finished shoveling the turnaround. This is like, I don't know, 10 years ago. And 
kind of like the 5K thing. Mm -hmm. This was around the same time. I think this was maybe even a few months before the 5K thing uh, that I talked about in a previous episode. But that instilled in me the I can do it attitude. And from then on, I'd be like, well, you know what? I I showed that turnaround when I really felt like I couldn't. And so then I would reference that. And then I would reference, well, I thought I couldn't do this and now I can. Mm -hmm. So if you have a can-do attitude, like if your wife says, hey, do you think you can do this? And you're like, no, I can't do this. And it's like anything other than like brain surgery, heart surgery, things things you need like decades Mm -hmm. to prep Mm -hmm. for, you know, at least a a long time. But if it's something like, hey, can you hang this picture and you, you don't know how to do it, there's YouTube. Figure it out, man. Say, yes, I can. Because when you have that can-do attitude, when there are other problems, if she's like, he's leading us in this direction and I think we're going to face problems and you're a can't-do-it guy, why would she submit to you? But if you're a can-do-it guy, then she's going to feel much more comfortable submitting to your leadership. So keep your word, be consistent, be confident, have, you know, I can do it attitude. Improve yourself. Instead of letting yourself go, constantly be building up yourself because We're supposed to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And also, we're also told in Scripture to love our wives as we love ourselves, as we love our own bodies. Mm -hmm. So if we don't love our own body, what are we saying to her? And then lastly, taking responsibility instead of being irresponsible, take responsibility. Mm -hmm. So don't blame other people, right? Take ownership, take responsibility. So if you do those five things, that's really going to help your wife submit. Now, is it going to be perfect? No, right? Your wife's a human being, you're a human being. But... In general, you're being a leader and you're leading by godly principles generally when you follow these guidelines. Any thoughts? Brian, I got no thoughts on that. I think that's, I think, I think it's excellent. I think, you know, you, you just need to start, start somewhere, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like if you're, if you're really struggling with like, like power in your home, um, because, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's the fall. It's, you know, Genesis, you know, you're looking at Genesis three where she's going to, she desires the place of the husband, but he will roll over you. And there's this mm-hmm. power struggle, implement some of those things. And I think that the, that can bring real, well, I think it'll shock her mm-hmm. at first if she's yeah. never seen that. Um, but I think it'll be, I think it'll, I think that's an attractive thing. Now, this is a guy speaking on behalf of a wife, but I, I do believe, and I think I've seen that, you know, whenever I, man, I try to impress my wife like crazy. Like, mm-hmm. so like uh, if there's something, if there's like a really difficult task that needs to be done, she thinks, you know, this can, I, he, there's no way anybody can do this, but if I can do it, that's pretty good. You yeah. Know? Um, but that being said, there are right now, there's a hole in my bathroom wall and I'm like, you know what? I got to fix that. I'm not great at fixing that because it has to do with plumbing. But, you know, again, to my, if I ever get in trouble, I have a I have a brother for that. But I should try, you know, and do my darndest, and maybe I'll impress her again. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but any yeah. any opportunity is good. Yeah, yeah. can do attitude. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I get a lot of those tasks too, and yeah. But I find even just the positivity helps. That I can do it. it yeah, helps. It yeah, goes a long good. way. That's good. Yeah. So I I just want to really quickly, and I want to save some of this for the marriage episode, but talking about taking control in the relationship or power and people might not like the word control so Mm -hmm. you want to call it authority whatever it is you're leading someone's got to lead someone's got to follow and that's a biblical precedent but i had to do that and when i was schlub brian when i was fat that we talked about a couple episodes ago you know i was not leading at all i was not like not even like not leading well i just don't think i was leading and that process of going from not leading to leading 
was not comfortable. So gentlemen, if you're out here and you're listening to this and things don't go well at first, they're not going to go well at first. Mm -hmm. I can almost guarantee it. There is going to be pushback, but just because there's pushback doesn't mean that you're not on the right course. I mean, just think about lifting. When you lift, when you first start, you get sore. It's no fun, but you have to go through that to get to progress. Well, this is going to be very similar where there may be pushback, but it's for the best in the relationship. Our relationships function the best when they function according to God's principles. And so this is going to be no different, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a cakewalk. All right. Now, after that, I want to move on to the kids here. So let's talk about kids. So consistency or discipline in disciplining or enforcing rules is what I think is important in getting submission from your kids. And that that also assumes you have rules. Mm. That might be step one, having rules in the house. But it's not what you preach, it's what you tolerate. And I'm not the first one to come up with that. I I think I remember it being Leif Babin I heard on a podcast saying that. But it really stuck with me. that, And it's true, it's not what you preach, it's what you tolerate. So if you want your kids to submit to you, then be consistent in what you ask them to submit to you in unpredictable structure, unpredictable rules where this is okay one day, this is not okay the next is really difficult for adults. It's almost impossible to navigate for kids. And like, I find that in my household, um, sometimes maybe I'm too much of a stickler on structure and maybe I need a little bit more grace. And you know, my wife and I talk through that, but I find our, our kids are the most submissive when we as the father and the mother have the most consistency in enforcement. So I don't know how it goes in your house. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I do. Um, and it's usually um, whenever we have our like our arguments, our worst, you know, our worst fights with with the oldest son, um, who's strong, he's going to push it anyways. Um, the other two are just watching and learning. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they're easy, having an easier time with them. But uh, but yeah, it is um, whenever we are kind of, you know, this is this is the role. Um, if we hear, you know, if we hear, uh, you know, disrespectful talk or, or, or sinning in anger, you know, these things are, um, are, are real clear uh, violations in our home. Um, but boy, does he push it. And it's not it, like, I mean, like with the other example, it is not easy. Uh, I mean, like to, you know, to stay consistent, it's, it takes every ounce of energy, I feel like some days to, to do it, you know, and Absolutely. by the end of the day, you're just like, man, I'm exhausted. I can't do anything else. But what he is learning, and it, I think is, you know, it is going to make him into the man that he needs to be. And so we're, these battles are, they're meaningful, they're serious. Yeah. And absolutely necessary. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think scripture is very clear on that, that yeah. if you don't hold the line, you don't punish your children when they step out of line. And uh, discipline, I think, would be a better word, yeah. but that's to their detriment. Yeah. And so, I feel like, honestly, dude, like, I feel like we, with him, that I'm like, man, I, I just hope he's enjoying childhood because I feel <laughs> like, I mean, like, we, I uh-huh. mean, we hold the line mm-hmm. and we, we're not give you know, we don't give in, but he, he will go to it every day you know and mm-hmm. just it's kind of te- it's like the tyrannosaurus rex in jurassic park who's like testing like the or the, the velociraptors on these testing you know whether or not they're going to get shocked that's what it, it feels like it's like wow man he's testing it again you know? yeah <laughs> like we just went through this but but yeah i think it's you know it's better than just than letting them letting them do whatever they want you absolutely know, without, without any boundaries or discipline 
And if he's not enjoying his childhood now, it is hopefully because he's going to enjoy his adulthood. Yes, ideally, because, right? <laughs> yeah, if, if if he enjoys his childhood and then ends mm. up going down a very bad life course, then he won't enjoy his adulthood. Mm-hmm. And adulthood is usually a lot longer than childhood. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to subordinates now. So those who aren't your wife, aren't your kids, and maybe it's a work scenario, a church scenario, some kind of leadership scenario where the people under you are supposed to be submitting to you. So I have a a few tips that I've just learned from experience on my end. And one of them is really relationship or investing Mm -hmm. in their lives. One of my very early martial arts instructors said to me, and I've never forgotten this. I actually remember him saying it to me. Like I have the mental image of him telling me this. He said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That was in my mind. Really? Just read my mind. That's yeah, crazy. But excellent. Yeah. So Master Little John, yeah, he said <laughs> that to me and it stuck out. I was when I was teaching children's uh, Taekwondo back in the day and he's like, make sure the kids know you care mm-hmm. because they're not going to listen to you and they're not going to respect you unless they know that you care about them. Mm-hmm. Then they'll learn from you. So if you're leading people, whether it's a business setting, church setting, the people you're leading need to know they're more than a number and they need to know that they're more than just an inconvenience, right? If they think, oh, he views me as an inconvenience, they're not going to want to submit to you. But if you view them as a person and you know what's going on in their lives, even if you just like check in once a week, that goes a really long way to helping people come alongside of your leadership, fall in line underneath it, and do what's best for the whole team. Uh, Next would be explaining why, like explaining the plan and why their role in that plan is important to the whole team because no one wants to let their team down. I I know I have some painful memories from high school basketball uh, and high school soccer where I I just bungled it, where maybe I missed a shot that like would have brought us within range of winning the game, or I failed to block a shot in soccer and a goal was scored and we lost the game. And I felt horrible because I let my team down. Well, I know I'm not alone in that, right? People hate to let the team down. So if you can explain to people, Here's why what you're doing is important. Here's why you're doing it in the first place, but here's why it's important. And here's why it's important to the whole team. We're all counting on you. They're much more likely to submit than if you're just like, do your job. Also, just thinking broadly about this, if you want people to submit to you, just look at what makes you more likely to submit to the leaders that you submit to and model that. That's a really simple metric right there. So conversely, and then I want to turn it over to you for a minute. Mm. Conversely, Look at what makes you less likely to submit to leaders and don't do that. That's a pretty simple rule to live by. All right. So thoughts that you have, Ben? Yeah, I think that's what your first point. uh, People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care like that. I think that was what I think I was getting at with the, you know, at the beginning of the episode where I was just like, you know, trying to articulate it. Um, But that's really it. You know, if they don't, if they don't think you care about them, then why would they, why would they, even if you were the most competent person in the world, you just care more about yourself and um, your own ego, then I don't think that many people are going to be following you. You're not going to have like a huge jujitsu class, right? I mean, like uh, that guy's super into himself and I don't care what he has to say. You know, I, I don't want to be a part of it. Um, but then the next thing you said, what was that next thing you said? You said that, oh, I, but it, ma- it made me think of my son. So this weekend it was, it was baseball time, you know, so we're practicing and I am being very direct um, as, a, as I'm a coach um, I'm being very direct with him. I'm, I'm talking about his technique 
And I see his demeanor change and I'm like, you know, he's getting mad, but I don't let up. And there it is right there is that like I cared at, in that in that moment, I cared more about what I was doing, you know, what I was creating in that, you know, that little boy rather than rather than him, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he felt like I didn't like I didn't think he was good or felt um, like he was, you know, was that there was this obstacle that uh, that he could never get over and he would never be, you know, whatever. But he went there. Right. Um, whereas I didn't think it was personal. He took it personally. And so I didn't show, you know, I didn't show that I cared. I didn't show that I, you know, I'd even tell him the, the, the why, you know, behind it. I'm like, I could have sat him down and said, you know, why do we need why? Do, why does this matter? You know, um, but I neglected those things and it ended up going in a negative direction, we'll say that, Brian, where he threw his glove and he stormed inside and the argument went on from there. But I've never had that happen in yeah, my family. Right, of course, of course. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. So, and I think wisdom comes from that experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So one more point I want to make before I want to shift to more spiritual matters on this is that if you expect people to submit to you, you need to submit to people in authority over you. Because a lot of times there's more caught than taught, right? So if your wife and your kids are watching you, because they are, it's not really an if statement. I don't know why I started it as an if statement, but your wife and your kids, they are watching you, right? And your subordinates are watching you. And how you submit to your boss or your bosses or to your pastor or some other leader in your life, they're seeing that. And they're looking at how you do it and they're learning from that. And that to me is a, a really vital piece of this puzzle that you could be the best networker in the world. You can be the best people person. You can have the best insight, the best intuition, you know, all the soft skills that a person needs to navigate life and not submit to the leaders over you. And you're still going to have trouble with people submitting to you because they see you setting the bar really, really low and they're going to follow that. So Obviously, I just want to say this does not apply to moral cases where mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should submit mm-hmm. to people when they're telling you to do something immoral. Scripture is really clear on that, that we are to obey God rather than man. But when it comes down to the leadership that God has put in place over us, we're supposed to model that submission for others. They're supposed to watch us and say, that right there, that's how I submit as a Christian. And if we're not doing that, we're failing our wives, we're failing our kids, we're failing the people that are subordinate to us in whatever field we're in and whatever spiritual guide, guidance we're giving them. Yeah, we're just dropping the ball on that if we're not submitting to others. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, and I think that the fruit of that, right, is going to be better than what what is not submission, you know, the opposite of submission. Um Defiance. Yeah, defiance, which will, I think, breed like rivalry and, you know, and disrespect and all of those things that come from, you know, from a lack of submission. But submission, I think, you know, in the way that we're, I think that we're both understanding it, uh, is going to, is going to produce fruit that is good for communities, good for families, good for individuals. But hmm. good thought. Yeah. God's way is always the best mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I want to bring this full circle and I want to read James chapter four, verses six and seven. It says, but he gives us more grace, the he there is God, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right? So there are two components to that. 
And I think they're important for us as men, right? We're the head of our households and wherever we're appointed as leaders, we're the head of that nation, right? This, that's the whole point of this movement. Mm-hmm. We're to be the heads of our nations that God's put us over. But God is the head over us. So we have to submit to God. That's where this all starts. Even if we're good at submitting to our bosses and we're good at submitting to our pastors, if we do not submit ourselves to God, we're failing. There's a second part to that, though, and that's what are we supposed to do, right? We're supposed to resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil. Not flip-flop in those. Mm-hmm. Submit to God, resist the devil, and the devil will flee from us, right? So to me, that's where it all starts. Kind of like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, where submission to God is really, I think, the beginning of leadership. I don't want to like mm-hmm. get extra biblical here, but that's just kind of how I see it. I'm not saying the Bible says that, but I'm saying to me, that's how I see this here, where submission to God is how we start as leaders. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. any thoughts you have on that? Mm. Oh, just submission out of reverence for Christ. Yeah. I mean, like we revere him, so we submit to him and that's going to look like resisting the devil, resisting it all, yeah. you know, um, temptation and sin, you know, and fighting against pride and lust and all those other things like um, it's going to look like increasingly, hopefully, looking more like Christ. But absolutely, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but it all comes through submission. Mm-hmm. So that's the show that we have for you today. I really appreciate you guys listening. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Love to do a Q and A show at some point. But as I said last week, two weeks ago now, I think need some Qs to have some As. So email is info at headofnations.com. So email us at info at headofnations.com. If you'd like to support the show, go to headofnations.com. That's our website. And you can check out the support tab on that page. Uh, You can subscribe to the podcast. That'd be another great way to support. Share it. And really, one thing that would really help, there are algorithms out there. I don't really, I mean, I understand the principle of algorithms, but I don't understand algorithms entirely. But what I do know is the more reviews we get, the more positive reviews, like five-star reviews that we get, the higher it bumps us up in the show list when people are searching. So that can help us get this message out here to the men that really need to hear something like this. So feel free to give us a review and we'd really appreciate that. Any parting thoughts, Ben? No thoughts. Just, you know, just try to lead well and resemble Christ. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, remember, we are the head of our nations, so let's go live like it. Until next time.